0: Hey guys, it's James with Popped Off presenting Project Esports. I mean, he joined here with uh, Scott Finley, my new uh, my new kind of occasional co-host. We're uh, lucky enough to interview both uh, Finesse and Mume from uh, Team Envy, the uh, their their new Valorant roster. Uh, we saw them perform uh, last weekend against uh, against TSM um, in the quarterfinals. Yes, perfect. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, guys, we're going to jump right into the uh, the interview. Um, I'm going to basically pose the questions for uh, you know both of you guys. And uh, if it's directed individually, I'll proceed with that. Everything sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. Excellent. Cool. So uh, this is for both of you guys. Uh, what made you guys want to make the transition from CSGO to uh, to Valorant? Uh, Vanessa, if you want to start, and then we'll just kind of go back and forth.
1: Uh, sure. So I was on Orglis before that with Sabrosa Wardell, Uh, yay and infinite and we were doing a pretty good job of you know turning heads we went to flashpoint and stuff like that so I still had both my feet in counter strike before uh, you know I guess I switched later than the rest of them did and for me it was way more of a a transition period because CS is I played it half my life you know it was hard to uh, move into a different game but once I started playing Valorant I started to enjoy it way more and more and more and I started to see that there were way more opportunities as far as organizations coming in were concerned Um, and all that and personally for me coming in as an IGL I knew my value would stay similar if not grow uh, coming in so it was definitely the best financial decision for me but it was definitely I just kind of started getting a little bit over CS towards the end because COVID kind of killed the tier two scene in Counter-Strike at least in North America for me lands were why I played the game to begin with so when lands kind of started to die off uh, Counter-Strike just became less of a less fun i guess for me and the passion started to slip a little bit from from my perspective so when i moved to a different game i guess i regained a sense of passion and learning a whole new game is definitely an adventure in itself so that was fun for the beginning of like first two months but when i started to feel like i could compete again and you know i felt like my team was good enough at least the team that were like our current team it Mm. was definitely way more of a a a motivational kick in a sense that we were definitely happy to I guess I just wanted to make the switch right like right when I knew that we were actually good at the game
0: right okay awesome and uh, Mume how about yourself Uh,
2: for me it's kind of like uh, a passion thing I was in love with CS for a while and I was always trying to strive to get to the top I went to the first Mountain Dew League land and I didn't have much much success there with my team that I was with so uh, after that Kind of like things fell apart and uh, I wasn't really enjoying the game as much. So I took a break and then Valorant came out and I just, I enjoyed something that was fresh and Valorant was fresh. Everyone was playing the game. It was, it had the CS basics to it and there was a twist. So I was like, you know what? Let me just jump into this and see how far I can get. Luckily, I I grew to play with these guys I'm playing with now and I just fell in love with the game.
0: Yeah, so it's really been like a like kind of like a reignited passion for like making the making the move from CS to to Valorant. That's that's great to hear. Speak like kind of building on the 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 team dynamic. How, do, how are you guys finding like the the synergies are going as far as within the team dynamic, especially where you guys aren't all situated in the same place? You know, are you finding that the synergy is is almost immediate, or is it is it still are you guys still kind of working out the kinks?
1: Um, yeah, I'll just say it's a little bit of both. It kind of depends on the day. We had a lot of early game obviously success because a lot of us had a good amount of experience coming into this game anyway and as well as talent so when we played the tier like the lower tier teams we started kind of just destroying them earlier on so you know from winning like every single tournament uh, at least the lower tier ones to coming into playing the better teams the tier one teams there was a transition period where we had to kind of play with a lot more discipline because you build a lot of bad habits early in the game when you just peak everyone and you're just killing everybody um to where you start playing better players so it kind of just depended on the day, but I don't think as far as like arguments and little things go, I think every team has their issues, but for us, it doesn't feel much of a big deal as it might be for some other teams at the higher level.
0: Yeah, now, would you, would you kind of agree or?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. We're all pretty much laid back. Uh, You know, we all have the same goal in mind. We enjoy playing the game and we all want to improve together. So like our team synergy is, is, pretty much on tier with all these top teams and we believe we're a top team so it's refreshing to have the same mindset with other people that are on your team
3: yeah right on i actually want to touch back on what you said fns uh you, you mentioned how you were an igl for csgo do you find that those sort of typical uh csgo roles transfer into valorant like you got your entry fragger you got a lurk you got an igl yeah you, you see yeah, that
1: yeah, yeah. okay definitely for sure because the game is basically cs at the at that like when it comes to just the core, just like just shooting aspect of it, the fact that it's five v five and just how map control is given, you just swap out abilities for grenades. as simple as that. Um, you take map control with abilities the same way you take map c- control with a smoke and a flash in CS. So, the, at the at the core of the game, at the heart of the game, the game is still similar to very very similar to Counter Strike when it comes to like st- strategy. But you know, learning that agents is probably the more difficult challenge for an IGL. Is just figuring out how to counter specific agents, how to figure out how other people will counter your agents, and then kind of going into a game with with that in mind. But luckily, the game has only put out four maps, which I know a lot of people, mar- I-, I want more maps personally as well, but to start off with four is really good because it gives you a slow transition. It helps with the transition period, at least for me when it comes to CS Valorant.
3: Yeah, that's that's perfect. Actually, that was something I was gonna to touch on later, but yeah, is that something you guys are looking forward to? More maps? Like, I know CSGO's got the revolving sort of seven map pool. Did you want to get kind of closer to that, or are you happy with the limited uh, map pool that exists right now?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I think the, the, the direction that the game is headed, they're looking to include more agents and less maps, which I, I guess it's, it's okay, because you can you can slice up a map differently based off these agents. So they kind of want to keep the maps at a minimum and include more agents to, to take a different approach. And I mean, I'm okay with having more maps because, you know, I come from CS as well, so it's nice to play more maps and to develop more strategy on, on more maps. But uh, if they're going to include a lot of agents and a lot of maps, then things will get a little hectic and the strategy will kind of fall off. So, I'm hoping that they have a nice balance, which I'm sure Riot will be able to do.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good that's a great point. And then that does, it almost defeats some elements of like pre game strategy with vetoing certain teams' maps. But I guess you can kind of perfect your executes and your retakes on the smaller map pool. So, I could see the pros and the cons. Absolutely. Did you have a, an opinion on that, FNS, or are you kind uh, of in agreement?
1: I was well, yeah, I agree, but I also think that seven map pool is probably the perfect one. I'm just so used to it, and I thought it was always perfect. Oh, I think where Mm. Valve made a mistake, maybe, or you know, tournament organizers made a mistake, is that there was no sense. Like a lot of the maps in Counter Strike are currently stale. You know, when you look at Mirage, when you look at Dust (laughs) Two, a lot of these maps didn't get updated forever. Oh yeah, and Mirage hasn't been updated years so i feel like if you're able to update these maps so if you i think the seven map pool is the best so they should add seven maps i also think these maps need to be updated every six months to a year just to keep the variety up you know make people go into a server and work i don't i think that that goes away when maps map set, there's a, set, uh, a meta set for a specific map i think that stays for too long or longer than it should sometimes and i don't i don't think that that is good but i think this game is a lot different a lot more different than cs in a sense that cuz the agents are so like there's so much variety in agents play styles differently and it's it won't get as stale as quickly as maybe CS would have
0: yeah uh, like and that's just it right like i mean it seems to be that's their initial approach is more more agents to play the same maps differently right yeah um, I mean, which like you said, it's not a bad philosophy, but uh, it definitely will get, it'll get stale. Like, you know, like you mentioned with, uh, with Mirage and everything like that. Um, yeah. I, I guess going back to you, uh, S, like in regard you you mentioned earlier you're already igl this is something that carried over are you guys i know coaching within valorant is seems to be kind of hit or miss some teams have one some teams don't um are you do you find you guys or are doing like you you yourself i guess are filling the the role of coach as on top of igl or is that something you guys are looking to do in the future
1: uh i'd like to get a coach that think similarly to me and somebody that I know can do the job for sure because I feel like there are a lot of coaches and I'm not trying to offend anybody by saying this but there are a lot of people in general who take on the role of like a coaching role and then don't do what I expect them you know I just have high expectations of a coach and I've had very few in my career that I've actually seen as oh, this guy's a hard-working coach you know like this guy knows what he's doing, or this guy, I agree with almost everything, and you know that's that's rare. You're never you're rarely gonna find Coach IGL duo that is really really like perfect. I had that at the beginning of my CS:GO career, but after that, it was very um, it was it was hit or miss for me. So in mm-hmm. general, I wanna with this game, I'm taking on the coaching role as well as the IGL role until I come across a coach that thinks similarly to me, because I think that's the most important thing is the the synergy between an IGL and a coach and how they work together and how they address the team together and how they bounce ideas off of each other. As long as I can find somebody like that, then I'll be on board with getting a coach. But till then, for me personally, it's very difficult to just randomly throw in somebody who thinks they can coach just to see them kind of not do what I expect them to do, not do as much work and all that stuff and kind of get away with it and just, you know, make a ridiculous salary on top of that
0: right and wear, wear the title and just kind of be able to yeah. say they're a coach but yeah exactly Mume, are you kind of in the same the, the same thought process that like you know you don't want to see just somebody fill the spot to fill the spot sort of thing
2: yeah I mean having a coach that doesn't really that doesn't have the same vision as the IGL is kind of just like circular work like you know they're just going to step on each other's toes and kind of lead the team in different directions and there really won't be any progress made so I do agree with uh, FNS with that and I think our whole team does as well. So once we do find the coach, it would definitely take off a lot of load of uh, on Pujaan shoulders as well as us, because mm-hmm. he could definitely f- you know figure things out for us. And it would be refreshing if we all have the same vision with the coach.
0: Right. Okay. Cool. No, that's good. That's good to hear. Like you know, the entire roster is kind of in in that same mindset, right? With 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 you guys kind of coming into Valorant and stuff like that. Myself, and, like Scott, kind of I, I really educated me on the on the CS path to becoming a pro and how. I mean, for lack of a better word, treacherous it is, right? Um, Do you guys find that the the, the path to get to where you are now was a little more clear-cut, or is this kind of something that you were able to cash... I don't want to say cash in on, but something you were able to take advantage of because you had beta access?
1: I think we would be exactly in the same position we're in currently without beta access just because of our backgrounds in Counter-Strike, to answer that question. But in general, I definitely think there are way more opportunities for players in this game that want to start off with this game that didn't really make it that far in CS, for sure. There's no question about it. The game mechanically is easier than Counter-Strike is, and therefore you're going to have an easier time in general. But again, these first six months for me don't really make or break someone's career. I feel like this is a huge learning curve for every single team. Everyone's still learning the game, whether they want to admit it or not. They have nobody has mastered it yet. There's multiple different ways, I guarantee to still play the game that people haven't thought of, and when we get to that point, you know, within, within the next six months to a year and the game is fully developed, that's when we'll actually see who the best players are. And, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that aren't that sick, will just get weeded out. Weeded out, yeah.
0: Mume, are you kind of in the, the same, same boat?
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I, I would agree with what uh, FNS said. Like, during beta, the meta was completely different and people are still learning the game. So once the game actually released and tournaments are being played, there's more bods to review, there's more meta to study, and then people also have to invent meta, and like, it's just, it's completely different from the beta, so to me at least, having the beta access is good to like, enjoy the game, and to to pug, and to join the beta tournaments to kind of get some exposure but, uh, I think we would be in the same position as we are now if we didn't have beta access
3: yeah, right on. I, if I could build on some of the, the answers you guys gave, like, I know in, in CSGO, you kind of have your third-party applications, you know, your face-it, your ECA, Sivo, what have you. Uh, I was on your ECA, Mume, so you've obviously climbed, climbed the ranks, you know, open, uh, IM, main, all that. Do you think not having those in Valorant is going to be harder for, you know, the unknown player to get recognized? I know that, you know, Radiant rank only has 150 spots uh, per region. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: It's there's a different platform for this now, so it's more so performing well in tournaments and kind of streaming exposure, which is where things have led to in the esports world. So I think that is where the focus should be for players that are trying to make it or break it right now
0: is building that brand and like kind of building that personality to get noticed and all that stuff like through the stream platforms?
2: Yeah, like through the stream platforms and performing well in tournaments, uh, it's a great platform for exposure for these players mm. rather than maybe climbing the ranks in ESCA or SEVO. Uh, right. I, I think it's more of an easier route that way rather than trying to climb the ranks through these third-party systems. But having a third-party system is still uh, very important, I think, for, for people to show how well they're playing this year.
3: Yeah, right on. Finesse, do you you agree with that? Or do you think, you know, sort of a a leaderboard or something could help clarify, you know, perhaps players' performance? Not really. I mean, like
1: I said, for now, I'm just, I think the players are just growing with the game. I feel like we should just take it one step at a time. uh, And just, you know, I love the fact that there's a tournament every two weeks and stuff like that. It's fun (laughs) to play and learn, honestly, for me. So in general, obviously you want to win, but I love the fact that, you know, a new game has come out that's so fun for myself, my team, uh, a lot of players from Counter Strike, you know, that could play it. And it's just, yeah. I mean, in general, I don't think we need that kind of stuff just yet, but maybe down the line for sure.
0: Right. And like historically, like Riot hasn't been really one to take kind of take the hands off and let, like, third parties kind of manage these tournaments, right? Um, do you think, like, this is... And this is really for both of you guys. Do you think it'll be detrimental um, if, you know, Riot kind of adapts something like, you know, the LCS that we're seeing uh, into Valorant? Or are you guys more happy with, like, the, you know, every two-week tournaments, leaving it to, you know, the individual teams to put it on and stuff like that? Or are you... Is that kind of the, uh, the end goal that you'd like to see it get established as?
2: I think having that lcs incorporated into valor would be pretty interesting to see mm-hmm. i mean my for me myself i would love to play in something like that because it's just having a tournament every week is is fun but showing progression and showing how well a team uh is growing mm-hmm. is is refreshing when you're playing in something like an lcs
0: definitely yeah, are you in the same same camp uh i'm so i guess i
1: I don't know because <laughs> I, I, the Counter Strike has just been my whole world, you know, for a long time. So, and I feel like that that was so sick that to, to play a tournament every two weeks or rather every month, you know, just having these online tournaments going all the way, you know, for people to prove themselves and then going to land and having to prove yourself, as opposed to just like two splits. I don't. It's it. it would definitely both have their pros and cons. It really be it'd be really cool to move to LA and you know practice and just. But, I like a variety of tournaments, you know, so I hope it's a mix of both. I hope that they they let third party third parties also host tournaments and then teams get to pick and choose what they want to or don't want to be in, along with having uh, splits for LCS, I think, and, and make them sort of like majors and how majors were in Counter-Strike. That would be really, really cool. But if they just completely just make it so Riot runs, everything runs through Riot, I feel like that might hurt the game more than it'll help it just because, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It, it gets, I guess it'll depend on how the game grows.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think that like sort of a full-time E-League pseudo-system is perhaps not the way. You know, I, I agree, like having the regular independent tournaments, you know, maybe the four majors a year style worked really well for Counter-Strike. Because uh, obviously they're getting crazy viewership. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think uh, one of the last questions I really had was mostly just a, about the current meta. Uh, you know, we're seeing a ton of operators, a ton of wide swinging. Do you do you think that's going to stick, or do you think with the introduction of new champions, more smokes and flashes, you'll start to see that shift, or do you think that that's just what this game wide swinging and ops are are kind of king?
1: I don't know why people are crying so much. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree for sure that Ops are strong. They're supposed to be strong. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. Counter-Strike to this day, the oppers are the best players in the world. You know, that's just how it is. The best players on your team are supposed to be your oppers, and the players that play the op role that are incredibly good at it are the best players, not just on their teams, but in the world. So that hasn't changed in Counter-Strike. It's not gonna change in this game. If an Opera is good, they're gonna be able to avoid your smokes and your flashes and still get kills. So it's not gonna change much, Yes, I do agree. There's not enough utility uh, to push back opers for sure, compared to CS, for example. Um, one thing they can do is give an option for, you know, all characters or potentially just four characters or three characters to buy flashes. You know, but I think that's where comps come in, and people need to decide like, are we that count? Are we specifically countering this opper? Because if so, we're just gonna flash them off every angle and just make it so we fight the riflers. And that's something you can do. You have you could have just five flash characters or at least four flash characters, and you just cool counter them. There are ways to counter oppers specifically. It's just there are other holes that open up when you do that on the in the game. So um, it kind of just depends on which route you want to go. But I, I do think that potentially they can add more agents that add, that have better utility to stop oppers. But it's it's very similar in CS. You know, you have even though you have this many flashbangs and smokes in Counter Strike, oppers still end up being the best players in the world. You know, it's just the way the, the weapon works.
0: Mm-hmm. M- 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 you were kind of like uh, we saw that it was like you became an opera on Sova, uh, you know, in your the, the second map with TSM. Like, I mean, are you are you okay with the current like the current setup right now, or uh, you know, would you like to see more counterplay towards the operas? Uh, you know, with like running not only just the Phoenix but the Phoenix breach, everything like that to kind of you know address these uh, address these issues.
2: Uh. I mean, for me at least, because I am an uh, an opera, Like, I think most of the people that are complaining are people that aren't really using their utility well enough to flush the opera out. But there are, there is for sure a lack of utility uh, to flush an opera out. But I think that increasing the the amount of utility you have to flush the upper out, like what Pujan was saying, is definitely something that they should look into. But I also think that the op should stay how it how it is currently because it, it is a high-impact weapon and it has a very high-risk-reward system when you use the weapon.
1: Maybe add a scope uh, sound. A scope that's, sound, that's, yeah. That's, that's the yeah. only thing I can think to mess with the op, mm-hmm. but I do not think the gun itself is over, or yeah. overpowered. I think the way people play sometimes is just wrong.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. The scope sound would be a big one, or even just increasing it a couple hundred dollars, but, yeah, I think overall you're right it is a high impact weapon you spend a lot of money if you die with it if you whiff your 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 money for, yeah. for two rounds really so.
1: yeah oh, one thing cs well i was just gonna say one thing that cs has is the the movement factor is you can out movement and opera in counter-strike I, I i don't know if there's a better way i could put that but anyways you know what i mean you could you can jiggle operas yeah. you could jump jump peak perfectly versus oppers. you know and In Counter Strike, that's easier to do, and I feel like that'd be really good if they added that into this game. I feel like the movement feels a little bit—I don't even know what the word is—it just feels like sluggish, like
2: like
0: clunky.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It feels sluggish. Okay, like I'll give an example. Like right now, if you go play Valorant for two hours of your day, and then randomly just go back to CS and play deathmatch for a second, the second you enter the server in CS, you'll realize how snappy feel, how snappy movements feel. Like the movement in Counter Strike is just perfection when you compare, it, especially to Valorant, it just feels like I'm sliding around in Valorant. And I don't like that. I don't think that's good for players to be able to establish good movement. And I think that's what needs to happen, because a lot of the times in CS, you end up jiggling operas out, you know, instead of having to use the utility and you end up uh, using your own movement to to make bait, bait bait shots from operas. And you can't really do that in this game. Honestly, like you can in certain corners, but not all the time.
3: Yeah, no, I, uh, I understand what you mean. Yeah, you, in Valorant, you don't necessarily stop on a dime, whereas in CS, you can jump and counter-strafe instantly back, and, and it, it really baits up shots.
1: Oh, and they should allow boosting. Like, I don't know what this is, where they, I'm sliding off people's heads, boosting, like, just let me boost them. Because you can boost anyway.
3: Yeah, if you put it against the wall, or yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree with
0: that. Yeah, it's, a, it's almost like they've taken the, uh, the, you know, they've made boosting an ability, right? Like, it's a, like that seems to be their thought process with a lot of these things uh, I don't know if you guys are in kind of an agreement, where you know instead of trying to you know uh, bait out the opera, or like you know you're supposed to play Jet and Dash you know what I mean like I don't I don't know if that's their thought process we do know that a lot of you know a lot of riot staff for Valiant you know were absorbed from CSGO and stuff like that so yeah. I'm not entirely sure what their the thought process is, but on the on the discussion of uh, of uh, agents um, for both you guys, have you both seen the, the the all the utility and footage for for Killjoy? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, can I get both your guys' thoughts on that? You can start. Yeah. All right. Uh,
2: I think I think that currently the meta there's a lot uh, there's a lot of positions in the map where people are trying to play retakes and they opt to say okay let's just retake let's just 5v5 retake or 5v4 retake and killjoy is kind of a way in my opinion i think they're trying to implement people to not play retake because she has very strong post plant abilities you know her ult i think what is it like 13 seconds it pops yeah something gross like that
0: yeah
2: and the radius is extremely large like i don't know if you've seen the picture on haven but it's extremely large so i feel like that they're trying to make people fight a little more and think more about you know just giving the side up and how like people play like retake on a with cypher and stuff like that um other than that like the turrets that that she has uh, i guess it's gonna be annoying but I, i i don't know I don't know how it's going to affect our current meta at Mm -hmm. at, at this at this level like I'm not really sure where where they're going to place these turrets that are that to make them to make it annoying like I think it's more for when the bomb is planted on attacking rather than uh, a defensive side for me at least I think it's just an attacking hero that is very strong post plan
0: right on FNS same same kind of uh, ideas yeah I would say he, I know a
1: lot of people are saying he's a cypher replace or it's a dude, right? It's a uh, no, it's, it's a, a chick. It's a check, it's yeah. It's a girl.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well she <laughs> might I think I guess everyone's saying she's a, a cipher replacement. Um I guess I could see that considering you could just kind of crossfire with you could just play solo sites with her in that sense, but uh I mean I don't know. I don't really have too many thoughts on her. I, I wanna see how she plays out because I've had thoughts on like Reyna, for example, you know, where I felt like she was overpowered. And then her flash just became useless after people just started destroying it Mm -hmm. so um i guess it kind of depends it it really is going to depend on how people use her i'm definitely curious i would i do agree with anthony though i think it'll be more used for um solo site players and after plant situations i think she'll be insane
3: yeah even to build on what Mume said like she can she can stay inside and fight or she can do retakes with that kind of remote deploy molly like she looks pretty strong yeah yeah definitely definitely interested to see what she looks like yeah yeah i know a
0: lot of the a lot of the player base was concerned for a um almost like a double sentinel meta um now whether or not that actually happens or not uh who knows but i mean it it was you know it's the same thing it's uh a lot of the population thinks she's going to be overpowered until they actually see her at practice. And then it's like, you know, it's the Raina situation, right? So Yeah, of course. Anytime
2: there's something new, people are just like, oh, it's overpowered, they shouldn't be in here. And then when it actually happens or when the agent's out, there's always a way that people find ways to counter her or counter the agent that gets released. So it's like... People are just complaining to complain at that point. (laughs) Let it get released and let it get implemented into the meta. See how it plays out and then go from there. And go from
0: there. Exactly. So uh, kind of to close it out, guys, uh, given your both your backgrounds of CS and everything like that, and we know CS is the, you know, the neglected stepchild of Valve, like that's kind of the, you know, widely acknowledged thought. Um, Are you guys, you know, do you have any like, you know, uh, strict thoughts about Riot's roadmap on six new characters a year? where you know it's only characters and no mentions a map or anything like that
1: i i just kind of hope that I mean, i'm okay with that i just hope that these agents aren't ridiculously overpowered because that's what i've heard i don't play league of legends before what i've heard every time they introduce an eight an or a new uh champion into league of legends they end up being very very powerful and they kind of in- instantly change the meta of the game and i don't think that that is something that would be good for this game you know so i hope they learn from that and don't do that here i'm okay with six agents as long as they're good ideas and you know they implement an agent that is acceptable in competitive play and under like and not too overpowered because if that's going to be the case then metas are going to change too often and that's not really that good for an fps game
2: moving yeah i agree i mean keeping the meta pretty much close-knit for a long period of time is optimal like switching the meta every few every few months or, and having people adapt it doesn't really create depth and i just hope when they release these champions too that it's it's logical you know it's thought mm-hmm. out and it is implemented well and I, I hope that there's no like like parallel champions where it's like you know should i pick cypher or x because they kind of have similar abilities but one does this or whatever like i, I hope they are fresh ideas that could improve the meta or uh is specific to a map or specific to a team
0: right you don't want to see like an amalgamation of like various agents you know exactly right exactly. Okay. or else pick beds won't matter when yeah 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 exactly you want unique ideas for each agent so it's not like it's you know it's not uh yeah you're getting like these hodgepods of like everybody being able to do the same thing more or less yeah don't want like a sage cipher going on, and
2: it's like, all right, sage <laughs> like, let's 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 have some brains behind this pick or this band, and let's like understand who we're playing versus how they like to play, and then let's pick this champion because we know that they like to play aggressive or passive, and let's like exploit them, right. right.
0: Right. Yeah. Sage Cipher is like nightmare fuel. Like that's the I don't. I don't know if I want to see that enter the game ever. Uh, <laughs> but with uh, with that, guys, uh, that kind of wraps it up. Um, if you guys want to each give your your socials where the people can find you, that'd be uh, that'd be great.
1: Uh, okay. I'll start. Yeah, um, perfect. My Twitter is at fns. My Instagram is poochmeta. I don't know if there's anything else. I don't have any YouTube content, so don't even go on my YouTube and my. <laughs> language... <laughs> And my Twitch is uh, at GoFNS. Perfect.
2: Yeah, and my, my Twitter is at TV and my uh, Twitch is at T V.
0: No uh, no, no YouTube to go hunt no for YouTube. their are Okay. Okay. Yeah, no <laughs> YouTube yet, yeah, but I will be releasing stuff soon. Just got to get that in the works.
3: Awesome. Perfect.
0: Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's it for me. Uh, you can find all our content at uh, popped underscore off on Twitter and uh, poppedoff.com. Guys, thank you so much for the interview. Greatly appreciate it.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, appreciate. Thanks, guys.